Recorded live. Hello, this is Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Steve. Okay. Let's see. Somebody who's else on. is on. We are going to see who's on right now. I don't know who. Okay. Looks like. Uh, We have three of us on. Utah, is that you, Will? Yes, sir. You'll be a will. start. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's have a prayer. Will, could you give us a prayer? Yes, sir. Thank you. Our eternal Father, in gratitude we bow before Thee, thankful for the many blessings that Thou hast given us. Grateful for thy guidance and direction, for the sacrifice of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And for the founders who worked so hard and paid such a high price for the freedoms that we have. May their spirit be with us. May we be guided and directed by thee as we work this day. We ask thy blessings upon all our efforts in righteousness in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay. Well, let's, um, since there's only, still only three of us on, <coughs> Steve, did, were you able to uh, contact Edwin Vieira? No, I that's, remember... That's all right. Yeah. Uh, just a minute while... No, I didn't contact him. I got confused as to what day it was, and um, that's all right. I'm sorry. Let's see here. What if we, uh, what if we called him right now? Would that be disagreeable to anyone? No, it's eight o'clock his time right now. Yeah, I, I think it's it's probably early enough, isn't it? Well, I. Oh, I just remembered I lost my contacts on my phone somehow. Do you have his number, Steve? Uh, yeah, uh, one minute. Thanks. <laughs> you want me to tell it to you? Yeah, if you could. There's a... Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Five four zero six three six nine three seven eight. Okay. I'll call him right now. I'll just hurry and see if I can get him on. Thanks.
Dr. Vieira. Yes, who's this, please? Hi, this is Kelly Knighting of the Independent American Party. Hello, sir. Yes, sir. What kind of you? Well, I'm on with a couple of us, and we just, uh, it's been so long since we talked to you. We know you're always doing good things. Wondering what you may be, what may have been up to over the last month or so, and how we could possibly help. We post things, articles of you on our website every week, and we're we're trying to uh, to do our best as you are. Any uh, any projects you're working on? Well, I'm doing some editorial work on a book that takes up a lot of time. Monkey work. Oh yes, it does. And then. Uh, few odd jobs uh, around the house that have been hanging fire for 20 years or however long we've been here. How many? Yeah, my wife says, yeah, at least that long. Wow. <laughs> How's your health? Know. You sound better than last time I talked to you. You were sick last time. Mm, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. So that's a, pretty much it uh, at the present time, in, oh. in between things. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you... You still have the fire burning for everything you're doing, I assume. Well, I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily have much feedback. Yeah. I, so it's, it, you know, these things are always hard to to tell what the effect is. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it is. It is. We uh, we do things like that also, and we don't know the effect, and we just assume and hope that it's good. We're not sure. But, all right, well, maybe we can still set up a, a militia call if you're able to be on. Yeah, I'd be glad to be on that. I mean, I keep doing that over and over again with various people. and Good. Um, talk shows and that radio talk shows, that type of thing. Right, good. Um, uh, and that's the problem. You don't know what the... What, what the effect of it is, really. All right, well. Right. Um, you, you and so far, my experience has been that the, the effect is, is really minimal, even on the people who might contact directly. Yeah, but, you know, I guess Jesus and, the, and his apostles might say they had minimal effect, and then they died, and the effect went on and on, kind of. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't really put myself in that camp. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Try not to try not to be uh, too prideful. Uh, right. The problem with this issue is it's uh, it's so obvious. Yeah, You've got a group it of is. People in this country that are out there on the internet constantly. Uh, John Whitehead, you know who he is? No, who's he? Well, he he uh, is an attorney, and his group is things called the Rutherford Institute. And they're in Charlottesville, Virginia. And they handle, I think they started off primarily handling, uh, free, handling freedom of religion cases. <clears throat> and then he went into you know, generalized freedom of speech area. And the last few years he's been uh, doing things in, in the area of what I call police brutality, police overreaching. He had a case that was uh, notorious here in Virginia a while back. Some young fellow who had been discharged in the Marines, you know, he served his his time, he was honorably discharged. And he put some things up on one of those, uh, Facebook, I think it probably was, uh, criticizing the Federal Reserve and a number of other things. 
Mm. Uh, nothing that you'd consider to be peculiar, but right. obviously he was pushing the, the wrong buttons. Right. So uh, Henrico County, that's near uh, Richmond. He's outside of Richmond somewhere. Henrico County Sheriff's Department and the FBI swooped down on him, and they arrest him, and they put him into a mental institution. Oh, my heaven. Mental observation. And uh, some, they went, they went before some magistrate and had him committed to this mental institution. So he's in the in the uh, tender care of these psychiatrists who are telling him various things along the line of they can make him say anything they want and so forth and so on. I mean, they're scaring him. So Whitehead gets involved, heard about this because uh, the family knew knew what had happened, and they contacted him and he went down. He got in front of a real judge. And the judge said, well, there was no basis for it. So they released the boy, of course. But he had been there for two days. And if Whitehead hadn't gotten involved in it, I imagine he'd probably still be there. Uh, this was some time ago. So he did that. And he's written a number of books on uh, police brutality, the breakdown of the justice system, uh, that type of thing. The martial, I should say martial law, more police, police state uh, books. So uh, I tried to get him interested in the militia concept, send him material, books, and um, nothing, nada. And there's Paul Craig Roberts. You know him? No. Okay. Well, uh, I think his website is paulcraigroberts.org. He's a former Reagan administration. He was undersecretary of Treasury during Reagan's administration. And he is very much um, uh, on top of the whole banking and financial criminal operation in this country, and internationally as well. And he writes uh, fairly often about the same thing that Whitehead does. Yeah. And so he'll he'll put on a, a column of his own, and then he may attach that to a column by Whitehead, or he refers to one of Whitehead's books, or what have you. Uh, so the two are kind of singing the same tune. So in any event, I wrote Whitehead. I sent Whitehead a, the material, some books, nothing. Oh. And I have corresponded with Roberts through his Internet site because he has a comment section. Right. right. And some of my comments are quite long, three, four pages long. Yeah. All right? Trying to get him interested. I said, look, what are you talking about? You keep going on and on and on about this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem. Yeah, and you never talk about any, let's not even use the word solution, but direction in which we should be moving to deal with this. It's all, you know, like a catastrophard, if you know the French word, right? Right. We're in the middle of a catastrophe and there's nothing we can do. Uh, and I, I mean, I never hear any response from him at all. I mean, he mm. doesn't even acknowledge that he's gotten these emails. And I've mm. done that with a number of other people whose names you probably don't know. Codrea? Uh, uh, no. He's a fellow who has written, um, he writes regularly for a couple of gun magazines, a columnist, and uh, a lot of his content is obviously Second Amendment directed, writing for gun magazines. And he received some Second Amendment Freedom Award a few years ago for being a great advocate of the Second Amendment. Right. So he wrote one particular column that I happened to see while I was over the gun range. And it was interesting because he 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 really missed the point he should have hit, which yeah. ties into the militia concept. Right. So I sent him a, <laughs> a long letter, and I said, look, 
you know, you've got to focus on this other thing here, and here are some books. I sent some books. And nothing. Wow. So this is the general response. I mean, I, I can understand that from some people. I've, I've sent stuff to various of these Internet gurus. and Yeah. Right. I well, don't really necessarily expect anything from them. Just see what will happen. Uh, but those three, I thought I'd get some kind of yeah. response. And That's amazing. That's too it bad. Was like, it was like nothing. So I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, they, they should know you. I mean, you're you're out there. I well, you send some you send someone a five hundred something page book. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, they might right. open it at random to a few pages and see that it's not, you know, Dick and Jane return. Right. right? <laughs> right. Um, might get some idea if you've ever seen any of my books. I mean, they're all footnoted and so forth. Right. Uh, it's not something off the top of my head. They might get some idea. They might think, well, let's look this fellow up on the internet. Right. Might find yeah. out something about him. Yeah. So uh, it's just strange. It's just really peculiar that I get. Yeah, that's no, nothing back. I, I, I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion that it's that M word. I mean, they're just terrified of that M word. Yeah, the, the militia's like probably scares people, but unfortunately. But I, I don't know why. I mean, we're getting into the dire straits now, and to me, the militia is, is should be the top priority message because well, the, then there's the organization. I mean, I don't know. If you didn't have the militia concept in the Constitution, you'd have to invent it. I mean, we need organization of the people. Yeah. Where they live, which is at the local level. Freeze out the political parties. Don't deal with them. Don't use yeah. them. Uh, freeze out these big institutional structures, the banks and yeah. the financial houses. Uh, freeze out the big media. We don't want to listen to them anymore. I mean, you'd have to do this in any event. Now, we happen to have a constitutional basis for doing it. Uh, but nobody seems willing. Let's not talk about able. I guess they're all able, but they're not willing to it, grasp that nettle. Yeah, it's, because after the need for militia message is over, then it's too late. You're already under. Oh yeah, thumb. then you're then you're in a different ballgame entirely. Yeah. yeah well, so there's one fellow that was contacting me, contacting a number of people about the uh, electrical grid. Oh, the electrical grid is vulnerable. Uh, EMP, you know, right, right. or something could send a Scud missile with a dirty bomb or something and ruin the electrical grid. Uh, or there could be a huge solar flare or whatever. So he's pushing this and pushing this and pushing this. But what he's pushing is uh, expenditure to harden the transformers and so forth. And so I wrote back to him and said, well, who knows how long that'll take to do that and how effective that would necessarily be while it's being done. And besides, if you're talking about you know, terrorists or foreign powers, they can get the electrical grid through you know, the use of regular explosives. They can get the electrical grid through, perhaps through the use of hacking, right? Mm. So it's part of the grid that are open to the Internet. Yeah. Uh, and, and the point is, if, if any of these events occur... We're going to have massive chaos in those areas of the country, perhaps the country as a whole. So what we really need to do is, in anticipation of getting this problem solved in some technical manner, at least mitigated in some technical manner, hardening the tra- transformers or whatever, um, we need to organize people in case this catastrophe were to occur. Right? Right. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I said, well, let's, we have a solution to that it's in the Constitution. I haven't heard from him since. Uh. Well, he's going to he's going to John for some reason he thinks John McCain. I can't think of the other fellow he's going to. He seems to think John McCain is the is the man. No. To deal with this EMP problem because this fellow is is using the the uh, scenario of Iran or North Korea. Right? North Korea has some kind of a bomb and they might give a, a bomb to Iran and they somehow they'll launch a missile from Mexico or who knows what you know what are these scenarios. So he's going to McCain because, of course, McCain's the number one warmonger in the right. Senate and might buy this idea and then would promote the $2 billion, estimated $2 billion of expenditure wow. necessary to harden the, harden the electrical grid. What do you think of Trump? Uh, besides the fact that he may be the stalking horse to get Hillary in there? No. <laughs> I mean, he's already talking about the third party. Did they, didn't we see this once before with that first Clinton election? And who was that little guy that had the, th- the third party? Uh, uh, <laughs> Do you remember him? Yeah, a whole bunch Ron of Paul? Yeah, Ross Perot. Ross Perot. Yeah, Ross Perot. He was the fellow who was the uh, outsider. He was against the insiders. He was against big government. And he had made all his money in government contracts. All right. Yeah. He comes out of the woodwork, and he siphons off enough votes so that Clinton wins the first time. Mm. Remember that? Yep, I do. Yeah. Okay. And so now we have this guy. And, of course, this guy is much more of a clown than Perot was. I mean, Perot, you could almost take him seriously. And Trump is very difficult to take him seriously. But he has money. And he can spend all of their no limitations on the money of his own that he can spend on his campaign. And he huh. will get media and he will get media attention. Uh, huh. As he is getting in now. So it is certainly can he is making the threat already. If the Republicans don't give him a fair shake or whatever, however that's to be determined, then he would start a third party movement. Oh. I see. Okay. I understand now. Why would that? Why would anyone want to do that when the Democratic Party is pretty vulnerable because of the eight years we've had of this illegal Obama regime? Why would anyone, you know, assuming that you're playing within the two-party system, mm-hmm. why would anyone want to give the Democrats a chance to put in another, you know, Hillary or anyone else, yeah. Bernie Sanders, I don't care who it is, another yeah. Democrat, right? If he is in fact, if Trump is in fact a Republican. Obviously, he's claiming that he is because he's trying to uh, obtain the Republican nomination. If he's a Republican and he's looking at the vulnerability of the Democratic Party and the fact that they may even be split internally, they'll have another convention that will be, you know, no holds barred uh, punch out between Hillary and whomever, right? Power struggle. Uh, so they would go into the election even weaker than they are because of the record of this, these you know, past eight years. Why would anyone in those circumstances say, well, I'm going to jump in here and, and weaken the Republican Party so the Democrats actually have a chance to win? Why would he do that? Unless he were mentally ill or something. Right, that right, right. Why would he do it? And the answer is, well, where's this guy been getting? Is he the big, uh, you know, he, he, you're going to tell me this guy hasn't, uh, his, his entire uh, success didn't depend upon his relationship with the big financial houses and the banks? Yeah. Who was loaning him the money? 
for these the, uh, Trump casinos and hotels and all this other stuff that he's been doing. I mean, that's all financed somewhere. Yeah. Right? You don't have the money for self-financing on these huge deals. So who's been pulling his strings or who is capable of pulling his strings? What's that all about? I don't know. I don't trust him. That's the short answer. I don't trust okay, him. Okay, cool. Now, he says some nice things. Uh, I mean, in principle, right? you have to deal with the immigration problem. Okay, I understand that. What's he going to do about the NSA? What's he going to do about the police state mechanism? What's he going to do about the banks? I wrote a little thing on News Reviews. Um, it's one of the last couple that I did called Presidential Questions. And the reason this came up was with a little group in Texas get together by Skype every now and then and, and we kicked around, if we were the media people running the debates, what questions would we ask the president? So each of us turned out a dozen or so questions just to see what we'd come up with. And I had my dozen questions. But one of them deals with the banking problem. If you were the president of the United States, would you use the power that you have under such a statute to deal with our banking problem? And then I answer that question by showing how that would work. All right. Mm-hmm. So this is something that's not recondite. It's right there in the statute book. All right. So if I were Trump and I was talking about something that's extraordinarily serious, which is the financial problem, I would be coming up and saying, well, if I'm president, I'll be able to do this. I'll look very seriously about passing some reg- and enacting right. Reg- We're not talking about executive orders and things that are illegal. I'm talking about a statute that actually gives the president this authority. And it's pretty serious authority. Go read it for yourself, you'll see. And I use it as an example of how the president could force the banks to set up gold and silver accounts for their customers. So that there would be a competing system between Federal Reserve notes and gold and silver accounts within yeah, the banking system. Nice. Mm-hmm. Within the banking system, not, all, not an alternative one which would be nice, too. Right, right. But within the banking system, so the banks would now be tied to this thing, and they couldn't sabotage it. Yeah. So that's perfectly doable. Under the present law, you don't need any new laws. You certainly don't need any legal executive orders or anything along that line. It's right there. So we'll see. Now, if I can figure that out, one would think that Trump has an advisor who could figure that out. But I haven't heard anything from him about dealing yeah. with the financial problem. Well, this is this is why we want you to be our president. Any thoughts along <laughs> those lines? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I don't. No, 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 no. So you've gone, you've gone the opposite way. You were thinking about it, but now, no way. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, uh, I mean, I can't, I can't believe that if you could mount. A serious campaign. I mean, you know, you got media money. Well, is Hillary going to spend a billion dollars on that? Talking about right, right. Talking well, serious money. I, I, assuming that you could do that, and assuming that it looked like it was going to happen, uh, it would be <laughs> it would be fortuitous in the extreme if I didn't get blown up or shot or something. Not that I really would be worried about it. I mean, I'm insured. So it's not going to worry me too much. But the whole point would be they're never going to let somebody like me get elected president. Well, we just want to stick to correct principle, and we're not as worried about money and launching a serious campaign, but we believe that this could open up opportunities 
for you to get your message out more where people would respond, where you would have name recognition even more than you do now. Well, I'm not interested in name recognition. I mean, the ideas would be nice. Uh, I have a feeling that they'd be even more afraid if, if there was somebody coming up and saying, if I were president, I would reconstitute the militia. Yeah, that's they would the be message terrified. we like, though. That's the one. Oh, the I one... think they would all be, they would all be terrified. I mean, yeah, that, but that it's kind the of right talks. thing to do. I mean, I think it's the right well, thing I to know, do. I know, I know, I know. As I say in this little article, it's right there. It's, like, it's so easy. Now, I'm talking about the militia there, although right. I actually have a point at the end of the article. I say, well, how would, I, how would I make sure that this worked? And how I'd make sure that it worked, I would have, as part of the regulations, the enforcement mechanism would be through the militia executing the laws of the union. This is one of the laws of the union. I'm going to put a militiaman uh, appropriately trained, someone with accounting skill and so forth. And so I'm going to get a group of these people, and they're going to go around to make sure the banks do the right thing. Hmm. Uh, and so, and they're they're outside of the system, so we don't have to worry about their being bought off by the banks or scared off by the banks or whatever. These are people that have no relationship to the present system, because we can pull them up almost at random. How many people do we have? 150 million, 175 million adults in this country. Yeah, we certainly. Find, we can certainly find 5,000 of those people who have the right background that would be able to do this kind of work, going around the country as teams, uh, checking on the performance of the banks, in terms of the alternative right. money accounts. Uh, and, okay. there's actually, there's, and there's a statute that provides for that. All right? So this is all in the books right now. This is not something that's pie in the sky. Mm-hmm. Most of the things I write about are not pie in the sky. I don't like pie in the sky. Right. And speculation, right? Right. What do you have? Now, I don't want to wait. But, you know, is Congress going to pass this law? Is the Supreme Court going to rule this way? No, no, no. Let's not wait for that. What can we do with what we have now? And it's all there. So if, yeah, I don't know. I guess well, if, I, if I were running for president, this is what I'd say. I'm going to do this. I'd, I'd, pee, on, I'd pee on whatever it did. Nightly well, news, and give this statement, and then uh, I don't know what the Southern Poverty Law Center would come out and say I'm some neo-Nazi or something because I want right, to bring up the militia. They said the same thing about other good people throughout history. I know, I know. So it, all I'm saying is you'd need a lot of uh, media money to to counter that. Well, we we don't have a lot of money, but yeah, we just it, it would it would sort of be a a pseudo campaign. It would be a campaign where we. We're proud that you represent us, and we would go out and do all that we could and try to interest the media and try to get you on other avenues of talk show or newspaper or, or whatever. And, and Because this is an important election, and, and the message you have in my heart and mind is the one that needs to be proclaimed. And even though we don't have a lot of ways to proclaim it, we we would still do our best, and we would still... Do something. It would still do some good. And the thing that we're always worried about that we tell each other is, is it's it's just principle. It's just the right thing to do. And if you, but but if you're not willing to do it, then then we just say thank you anyway and move well, forward. Is, what is the right thing? What is the right thing to do? I, mean, I, I think the right the thing to do stage. is have you, have you be our president. That's what I think the right thing to do is. Yeah, well, if that and, were possible, that would be possible. Um, <laughs> we got we got about six months before, or we would decide. Any any chance we could sway you if we did something? I don't know. I don't know. I have to. Say, I really have to see whether people are paying any attention to what I'm already saying. Well, because what I see here is the same thing that happened with the the Constitution. What we call the Taxpayers Party, Constitution Party. I knew how yeah. Phillips. You know him. Yeah. You know how yeah. Phillips. Well, I knew how it Phillips going way way back. Yeah. 
Wow. And he started the Taxpayers' Party, and then it became the yep. Constitution Party. Party. And they had, you know, the various candidates, and you looked at that, and they had a good, good message, especially when they got off uh, the sole taxpayer aspect of the thing. Uh, and it was a little broader in terms of the issues that they were willing to talk about. And the last campaign I remember that I followed closely was when Chuck Baldwin ran. 2008. Constitution, yeah. Um, and I thought to myself, well, you know, what is this? They're just spinning wheels here. Can, as a result of that party's activity, can one say that there is a well, I love to use that phrase, statistically significant increase in the number of Americans who are willing to go outside of the regular two-party system, or uh, you know, to give up their despondency because they don't vote at all, and to move in the direction of something like the constitutional parties. Well, I don't know principle. if... I don't the answer know if, is no. Yeah, the, the, it's mostly no, but what people have been doing is is going to be... They're being in, more independent-minded. And there's a chart on the front of our website that shows that uh, non-Democrats, non-Republicans made up about 12% of the population in 1994. Mm-hmm. And today they're the majority that they beat out Democrats and Republicans in Arizona, but also in most of the other, or all of the other states. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be good there. Somebody yeah. sent me a a clip of a mass protest that was held in Brazil. Three million people in the streets. And yeah. they were protesting their communist government. Lula, the president, and the, the, workers, the Workers' Party, which is right. essentially a communist party, communist-based party. Right. And screaming against them in particular, but also against political parties in general. They're saying no more political parties, no more political parties. They can entirely understand that political parties have been used against them. Right. Right. So I understand that. This independence, it's moving in that direction, saying, wait a minute, this is not even a matter of party anymore. We're against parties. We're starting to think the way George Washington told us to think uh, exactly, the farewell address. Exactly. Right? And see, that's what we read stand the farewell for. address, right? I know no, they I, haven't. But. No, that's that would be. I mean, in a sense, that would be kind of the platform. Uh, part of the platform would be the principles of the farewell address. Obviously, we're going to use every one of those, and we have a few yep. other problems that have arisen since then, right? That he didn't have to face, right? But we can extrapolate from what he did say to the correct answers as to those problems as well. Um, well, that would be that would be the approach. Now, I don't know if that would. The, you know, amalgamate people, but what this comes back to, I mean, it comes back to these two points. We've got to deal with a financial banking crisis. And mm-hmm. there's only one way to deal with that, and that's to change the monetary structure of this country. And then you correct and control and discipline the bankers. A lot of prosecutions going on there. That's number one. And then number two is the militia structure. We've got yep. to get people back properly organized, taking control at the local level so we can deal, especially with this police state mechanisms they've set up. Yeah. Because they're not going to give up. Yeah. That's for sure they're not going to give up. Yeah, they're not. Uh, and so those two, uh, those are the presentations. And the difficulty is, in, in my view, and I'm not talking about you know, your group in particular, but I mean just in general, the banking and financial business is something that most people don't understand at all. Yeah. And when you start talking about alternative currencies and gold and silver and this, that, and the other thing, uh, you you lose them very quickly. And I'm talking about educated, well, people that pass for educated people, people who are in the state legislatures. I've tried to talk to a lot of them. And I may as well talk to Francis the Talking Mule. 
Uh, and then the, when you start talking about the malicious side, number one, that word scares them. But then number two, if you lay it out and you say, well, what's really going to happen is you're going to do these. They, I don't want to do that, they say, in yeah. their minds, right? Yeah. They don't want that. They sense that that's a burden. And of course it is. You can't. I mean, how, how are you going to run a free society unless people participate directly in the in the operation of it? Yeah. Otherwise, if someone else is controlling it, well, it's no longer a free society. They're in control, right? Yes. And then you have to hope that they, that they don't turn out to be somebody like Stalin or Hitler or Obama or Clinton or whatever, right? Which is very unlikely. So there's the difficulty. If you present what the real problems are in this country and what the directions are we have to move, you run into the wall of ignorance. Or you run into this other wall, which is a combination of fear and uh, refusal, mm-hmm. right? denial. I don't want to do it. Yep. Don't don't, don't call on me to do that. Right? Yeah. And so, what else are you going to talk about? Well, GMO foods. Okay, well, that's those, bad. Right. Those two uh, things that you mentioned are are big enough to just focus on that. But well, we, the first one, the first one's the big one. Financial crisis. If you don't get the yeah, if you don't get the financial crisis yeah. under control, then what? Yeah. Well, we our our uh, mentality is if we're going to lose lose do, going a hundred percent, and ultimately we know God is is going to step in and eat, something bad will probably happen. But but we want to do what we can do right now while we. Well, there is no financial. Well, there is a financial crisis, but while it hasn't hit that bottom that we all expect it to hit, and uh, you know, I we've been talking to you for about eight months now, and I still feel the same way, and I know other people in the party do, and uh, like I say, if we want, if we're going to lose anyway, which we will, I'm pretty sure, but uh, we we can lose and still try to get our message out, which is the correct message, the true message. And that's the one that you're pushing. And so we want, you're, you're out there. I saw previews to Midnight Run that has a bunch of you on it, Chuck Baldwin and you and others. And you have, whatever you've done, I know that a lot of things you do fall on empty that, that replies. People don't reply and they don't read. But, but you have done you do have some notoriety as well as telling the truth. And say, if you just had notoriety, we we wouldn't be interested. But everything you're saying is true. And so we we want to do the right thing. And if if you would just consider it, I mean, we have well, six I'll, months. You know, but, I'm, I'm going to keep considering it. But it really, thank you. Upon, it really depends upon what I see in. in we're we're going to try to get you. Of ideas. Is this yeah. is this making any headway in the great marketplace of, of ideas, or is this swimming up against you know against the stream? And right. Salmon salmon do that, but I'm not a fish. Right. Uh, there's a lot of other things. That, no, I mean seriously. Think yeah. of the time that's involved in something like that. And yeah. In that time, I can write another couple of books. Now, granted, that may have no effect in the long run, but it makes a historical record. It's there. Well, Someone sometime may pick that up 20, 30 years from now and say, you know, this son of a gun was right. Maybe there's still something we can do about this. All right. Well, we're. we're and no, and my problem is nobody else is doing that. Yeah. All right. Well, no, we, nobody we else want... is doing what I'm doing. Almost any, you, you could hire a trained SEAL mm-hmm. to run for president. Right. right? <laughs> Have him bark the right things at the right time and you know, wear campaign <laughs> hat and so forth. Bounce right. the ball in his nose. 
so it, that's not something that I feel is peculiar to me. Well, well it's you know we could run some no name person and maybe do some good, or, or and they would probably have the right ideas, a lot of the good ideas too. But but uh, you you are very unique and. We uh, we want to do we we want to get those ideas going that you're you're hoping for so that we can make the push. But the push we mainly want to make is with independence, and we don't care. Well, we're against political parties too, mm-hmm. and we we don't care. We, we if people would just vacate the two major parties, we would be happy, equally happy as if they joined our party. And so the message that we want to put out there is the message that goes to all those independents that are no longer trusting of the Republican and Democrat parties. And your message could really resonate with them. And there there's a large block of people, but they have no leadership. And if we just run some no-name person that has the right principles, it it probably isn't going to work as well as if uh, we we ran you with all the degrees you have and the preparation you've done all throughout your life. You, you are truly unique and and uh i i just think your your the solution or your message is the solution even though it it will fall on deaf ears most likely to the majority but your message is the solution and that's what we want to push and even though we're a few we're we're not thousands of people working but we are some people that would get excited and more would jump on board if uh, if you were running as our president and i i don't don't think that your schedule is going to be super busy if that were to happen we would we would do all that we could but for the main mainly i think it would just barely be busier than you are now or hopefully more more so but we'll see i can't i can't believe that because uh, I'm certainly not going to let some press secretary put out the press releases, and I haven't read them. Well, we you wouldn't know. do anything. We wouldn't yeah, think no, of there doing you go. anything you see, like that, that. that. There it is. All right. So once again, there's only one guy down in the quarters chopping the cotton in the final analysis. Right? Uh, so that, that's right. Across, but we it all comes across my desk. So we, everything would come across your desk. Yeah, that went that's out. Right. We, we have we have the ability to send unlimited faxes. Uh, oh no, no, that, I understand that. We have the technology and that needs yeah. to say that well I won't be doing any more than I'm doing now, heaven's sake, it's entirely it. You you you'll be doing whatever you feel comfortable doing. Basically. Well, yeah, but uh, I have to think about this because once you start down this road you you can't slack off. Uh, well, we All right. We you can't No, 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 no. You're, it's, you're like, a leader, it's like it's like litigation. Yeah. Uh and I did that for years. Once you take on this client and you say, we're going to do the following, this is the goal, we're going to try to get to this goal, then you are married to him, her mm. or it. Right. I mean, literally. Right. You, can't, you can't get out. Right. You're in it. Right. right. And that's why, of course, a lot of lawyers don't take certain kinds of cases because they have a tremendous amount of work and a very small likelihood of return. Right. So they don't want to touch them. All right. Uh, and I've done this. I've had these kind. Of, I had one went on for fourteen years. Fourteen years. Wow. In three different courts across the country, and in uh, administrative agency. It was a case that ended up had a trademark aspect to it, and ended up part of it going to the trademark trial and appeal board. And take my word for it, you don't ever want to be involved with the trademark trial and appeal board <laughs> or the commissioner of patents. 
Mm. It makes the court system look honorable. I mean, it's unbelievable. Mm. Uh, I mean, but it went on 14 years. 14 wow. years. So, you know, you commit to something, you do it. And so you're talking about presidential campaign. Well, that's not something that you can do by fits and starts. I would tell my wife if I had something like that, have, a, have an armored train, you know, the way they used to do it in the old days and go around whistle stopping and stopping on towns and making speeches mm-hmm. off the back platform on the train. Except now that apparently they can rig the train so it'll go 110 miles an hour in a 50-mile stretch and go off the rails and kill a bunch of people. Uh-huh. Right? What mm-hmm. happened in Philadelphia? Right. right? Uh, so you can't even be safe on an armored train. Uh, once again, nothing I'm concerned about that, but that, that's what they do. We would all but all I'm saying is, it, you know, that, uh, once you get started on one of these things, it, it is really, for me at least, it's really impossible to say, oh, well, you know, I can just do the minimum or I won't do this or I won't do that because you know, once you're in it, it's just like litigation. Okay, do we, maybe we could file a petition for mandamus here. Well, I don't know. That's pretty risky. That takes a lot of work. That's not <laughs> normally done. That's... You know, the, the courts don't like to see those, right? right. No, we, they think we ought to do it. Yeah, we better do it. We better do it because we don't know what will happen if we don't, right? We better do it. And so now you spend the next three or four weeks working on that, and then the thing comes up maybe for an oral argument. So you got to go you know, third of the way across the country to go to the appeals court. For the, I'm telling you, this is the way I operate, the way I operate for a long time. That's why I'm in the situation I'm in. Hmm. All right. Instead of being in one of the rackets like Donald Trump, yeah. I'm doing this kind of stuff. And, and the difficulty is it has to be done to the fullest extent possible. And then, in many instances, I can't depend upon somebody else. Yeah. I understand. Know, somebody's going to hand me a speech I'm going to read tomorrow. No, wrong. Absolutely wrong. That's not going to happen. If I don't write the speech, you know, somebody might read, you know, write a draft of a speech, but if I don't finish it, it's not going to be given. Your best speeches are when you just get up and someone asks you. Well, a that's question, all right too. But you know, some of these things have to be done when when you, when you right. go in front of the appeals court. You want to have everything in the can, right? So that you get out what you want on the record in a proper sequence. Right. And what happens there is some jerk of a judge asks you a question that's off base, and so you have to fend that guy off and then get back on your own track as as well as possible. So yeah, in front of a uh, you know some kind of a press conference, sure it's off off the cup of a cart. But generally speaking, you want the message to be canned, right? As much as possible. Okay. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying. This is I mean you, you, you can't say to me knowing my my knowing my work history as I do that this would be you know less work or you know I won't have to do this. No, no, wrong. It'll be a lot more. So that's another consideration. Okay. Uh, not. No, not that I am averse to work, but I'm just telling you that that argument, right? <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, doesn't fly. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the opposite, and it'd be right to be exactly the opposite. I can't depend upon somebody else, right? By hypothesis, right? Right. If I could depend yeah. upon somebody else to do this, that person is the one who should be running, right? Exactly. There you go. The buck stops here. Who's that said that? <laughs> Truman. Okay. Truman, yeah. right? Sitting in the Oval <laughs> Office. The buck stops here. Yep. And he was, yeah, he was right. Unfortunately, he wasn't confident. <laughs> I had right. to handle a buck when it showed up there. Mm. But he was absolutely right, and that's the situation. If you're the candidate, the buck stops there. Got it. 
Uh, you can you make some blunders, make some statement to uh, who's that guy uh, that Trump that interviewed Trump and and, and uh, oh yeah just recently yeah and then he gave his cell phone number. Uh, well, I don't know. This is someone. I mean, he, he's uh, he's Anderson Cooper. Was that Anderson Cooper? Oh, him, yeah. And Anderson Cooper was saying something about the polls, and he was he had he starts off saying, well, there was some poll that was in the Washington Post that showed Trump was losing support or whatever, and Trump Trump went right after him. I said, well, that's the, the poll didn't deal with that. How about this poll? All these other polls show me ahead. Why do you people? Why do you people always uh, lie? Something along that line to mm. Cooper's face. Right? Mm. So, yeah, uh, when you're in that kind of situation, that's exactly right. You do it off the cuff, and you become uh, maybe aggressive or assertive. You become assertive, and you don't let them dominate the conversation. But right. talking about uh, uh, you know speeches to the American people, well, that's a, a lot of work dealing with the psychology. Will they understand it? How do we express this in the best way? What, what are the themes that we're going to keep hitting over and over again to get to no, no matter where they are? And then if we come to different parts of the country, obviously we have to tailor-make uh, specific statements to those people. What are you going to do about the immigrant? I mean, keep thinking about that. What are you going to do about this illegal immigration problem? How are you going to tailor-make yeah. that issue? All right. Well, we only have about 700 bucks in our account and a dozen people that are regularly regular attenders. And a lot more people that that help out, but we I can't imagine you going on a tour across the country doing things unless you wanted to, and we could figure figure out how to pay for it. Well, that's the problem. That's another problem. That's that, that's the presentation of the individual to the mass audience. Yeah. How's the mass audience? Now, the mass audience can get a person on television, but you, how are you going to get on mass television? If you're on the internet, it's all hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, physical appearances are good because sometimes they get media attention. Uh, but there's, of course, the travel expense, the expense of the venue. Uh, you're not the Republican or Democratic Party, so you're going to have to pay for the, right. the hall where the speech is given or whatever. And then the transportation. You can think of <laughs> something, not the armored train, but you can think of the recreational vehicle, right? You have a couple of recreational vehicles, and you drive across the country. One time out, one time back. Uh, but even that, right? somebody somebody uh, loans the vehicle, but then you've got the gas and the wear and tear on the vehicle and food and so forth and so on. And well, then the message. Right? Like I say, what, give them the message. whatever you would feel comfortable with, if you wouldn't want to travel, we could figure out how to try to promote you without traveling. You know, if you want to just be on radio and answer phone calls when people call you, you can still do good that way because your message is correct. And anyway, I've probably taken enough of your time. Yeah, well, I'm thinking about it. I'll think about it. I'll think Please about think about it. Think and pray about it and, and uh, pray about us. You know, we, we're we just, a, we're not thousands of people, but we uh, we do believe in your message and we, we, uh, if you feel good about us, I think that uh, that'll go a long way. So. Well, I have no problem with you. It's just the question is, how do you get this message to thousands of people? Right, and with, I mean, that would be the challenge. That yeah, no matter how us, you cut it, no matter how good the message is, it's, it would be that. That would be the challenge for us, though. Yeah, 
that's exactly right. Is there? Yeah. Do you do you have some tactical or strategic appreciation? Say, well, here's how we're going to do it. Well, we we uh, the first step is is to get you aboard, and then we start sending out and telling everybody that we that you're our presidential candidate. Then we anticipate people contacting us saying, "Wow, you know, can can I get an interview with him?" or this is so and so for this radio station or or TV station. Can I talk to him? And then and then that uh, hopefully builds, and we have a small team of people that are able to handle the content when it comes in. Call you, get your schedule ready so that you're mostly at home, and then you're you answer phone calls and and talk on the on the radio and those types of things. And and then we uh, we just brainstorm. Other people will have ideas, and you know how. A good idea, it'll, it'll snowball into a really good idea when, mm-hmm. when there's a lot of enthusiastic people. And it, it, just having Joe Patriot as our candidate is not the enthusi- is not going to draw the enthusiasm. And in you, the thing is, where I see with you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you have done enormous things. It's like the things you've done in your life. It's like to me. I think of Thomas Jefferson. That this is like other people would take twenty lifetimes to do, but everything is built on something else. And now we're at the stage in your life where you could do this, and everything you've done previously, uh, this would build on that even more. And and so then, then it becomes instead of just you as one person, you're you're. Uh, you're kind of a drop of water in a, a river of pe- patriots or a small stream anyway of people that are they're trying to promote you trying to promote your message and it's all about the message we can probably hopefully get you on Alex Jones or whatever I just to say that. you represent the independents we don't even need you to talk a lot about the party just you represent those people out there the 50% or something like that that are independents that understand that the Republican and the Democrat Party have been hijacked by evil people, and they, there's nothing good is going to come out of them. And if we can give that message in your your two central messages, the financial crisis and the militia, wow, we are going to be doing a lot of good, even if we lose, or even when we lose. Mm-hmm. So, well, I wonder if you can, if it might not be worthwhile to. Figure out a way to kind of test the waters first and see if if uh, this supposed enthusiasm can be developed before you make some formal commitment to it. Right. I mean, you've got these people who are running around. They're not uh, they're not announcing that they're candidates, but they're making noises, or people are promoting them as candidates. Or say, this man should be the candidate. Who's that? Right. Ben Carson, I think. I don't know whether he said he's going to be a candidate, but for a while there. People were promoting him that he should be a candidate. And I'm sure he did that for one simple reason. When his name is thrown out, what's the echo? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we'll and think if, along if he those sees lines. no echo, at some stage he says, well, there's, there's no support here, and therefore it would be ridiculous for me to, to do it. I think maybe that's something, because you talk about uh, you know, going to these people who would give interviews and so forth. Um, well, I would think that they could be reached on that Ben Carson approach. Oh, we're thinking about this guy as a possible presidential candidate. Why don't you have him on because he has some insights on this whole okay. matter? Okay. 
and let's see what we can see what happens. Now, if that turns out to be a flash in the pan, or even worse, no flash at all, well, then I guess you know where you stand, or where I stand. Got it. But that might be easier to see and, and, and as it were, test uh, the thesis, right? It's a scientific experiment, right? Yep. Okay, so... I'm we'll writing this down. This verify is good or falsif- Verify or falsify the theory. Yep. Uh, gentlemen, this is Jared Beck. Can I make a comment? Yes, go ahead, Jared. I don't mean to interrupt you. I've been listening and appreciate you, Mr. Vieira, for your comments and taking the time with us. Uh, we recently had a summit number five for the Independent American Party, the 2nd and 3rd of July in Orem, Utah. And we videotaped 20, I think it was 23 or 25 speakers, and they were fantastic. And we're working day and night, so to speak, to get it ready to put it on the web so that people can tap into it. But we, a number of those speakers came in on the Skype system and I just had a kind of a light go on in my mind while you were talking to Kelly just a moment ago that uh, you don't have to go anywhere. With the technology that's available, we could have town hall meetings with Skype with live two-way talk. And, uh, you know, just a thought, just something to throw out there. No, no, I understand that. Uh, I've been on Skype with some people, personal situations. Yeah, we had uh, Mr. G. Edward Griffin on one of our speakers, and uh, he was sitting in the comfort of his cabin in the mountains in California. And uh, I think it was very well done. So just a thought. Oh, no, and if we go to some of these interviewers, they may want to do it that way. I'd say Paul Roberts is a good example because I I watch his – or I look at his columns – and he is often interviewed, obviously in his home. It looks like his office, the background, his home office. And they're obviously doing it on some kind of Skype-type connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's the interviewer on one side of the screen, and there's Robert's on the other side of the screen. And all the techies are in the interviewer's end of the business. And Robert's is sitting in his shirt sleeves in his office. Right. Fine. Nothing wrong with that. Cool. That'll work. That'll work. <laughs> so if we can... Uh, Perform this experiment with the interviewers. Uh, the initial experiment. Test the waters. Yeah. Test the waters. We well, can certainly do it through Skype. I have the, the little camera thing here for that. And okay. Skype we can do that. Okay. Well, I'll let you go, sir. I know it's uh, it's about nine o'clock your time. Is it? Oh, all right. But uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us, and we're going to brainstorm how we can test the waters now. All right. Let me know what you come up with. I'm sure you will. Will do. Any other thoughts? Go ahead. Uh, This is Wayne Hill. Dr. Pierre, I really wanted to just thank you a whole bunch for being on our Summit 5. It was exceptional. We had 25 speakers, and they were all right on. It was just neat to have you there, and and we now have corrected our Skype problems a little bit, but yours was very good anyway. We really wanted – I just – I. as the summit chairman, and I just really appreciate you accepting that and enjoyed your Melissa and everything else you said. So we'll hopefully get you a copy of that as well as the others so you can see how it turned out. But Oh, yes, I'd be, interested. I'd be interested in watching those, sure. Yeah, not my own. 
Thank you. Uh, everyone else is. Yeah, everyone. Everyone else. I get tired of them. <laughs> you know what you said. Yes. Yeah, I know. I've seen that guy before. <laughs> yeah, it's deja vu all over again, as uh, uh-huh. Rivera was famously quoted. Uh, and again and again and again and again and again. I can do without it. <laughs> right. But, but the other 25 or 24, I'd be interested in seeing. Okay, cool. We'll get you that. Yeah, thank you, Wayne. Good, good point. Thanks for doing, for okay, telling us. I'm sure you'll be back to me. Yeah, we'll get back you, to you. Get your email little, and phone number. Tactical appreciation or strategizing or yes. whatever you want to call it. Yes. And we'll see what, what happens. I'll be in touch. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Right, Have a good evening. Okay, thank, thank you, you again. Right, bye. All right. That was good. Any any thoughts along those lines? I I think we need to uh, test the waters. See, and that that means having him maybe on Sam Bushman and whatever else we can have come him on. on. Come on in, the water's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, if he was on Sam Bushman, and if we could get him on whatever else. Well, if then anybody we... knows what the water temperature is, it's Kelly Nighting. Oh no! <laughs> what we? <laughs> he only swims during the summer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know right? about that. We got we we have what's his name in New Mexico, right, Steve? Uh, I forget his name. Oh. On the radio. Mark Tross. Yeah, we could have him on Mark Tross and Sam Bushman, probably. You think? Um, or does, you know, does he not? I would. Here, here's what my thoughts are. You want to get an uh, area that has a high density of patriots. So, I would think that would be in a Bible Belt or hopefully Utah. Yeah, let's get him on. All over on Utah. What's his focus? Mills Crenshaw is no longer at uh, KTKK Radio, but he's now on KLO Radio, which has a 50,000-watt station. What's his name? Neil Crenshaw? Mills, M-I-L-L-S, Crenshaw. Okay. Is he a talk show host? Yes. And he's, he knows about the IAP. We had Farley Anderson on for almost an hour with him one time, and that interview is on the utahiap.org website. All right. I'm writing all this down because... Uh, here's another idea. Um, Instead of using um, Skype, we could use that software uh, webinar jam that you bought. Uh, yep. You know, and have instead of people joining the conversation and, and trying to interrupt and butt in or whatever, uh, we can have them write in the questions. Uh, you know, they can communicate with the speaker uh, via a chat rather than a voice. Yep. Andrew, are you here? 
We were going to do that once a month. That was our goal is to have him on some major thing once a month talking about the militia, and then we would advertise and try to bring people free of charge to the conversation, to the webinar jam. And so let's maybe resurrect that idea. We 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 could never we never did have him on is the problem, uh, three four times in a row and he just wasn't on to make sure it worked because we wanted to have a dry run so that we knew it worked. But let's uh, I'm gonna resurrect that idea too because then we just advertised and hey if we get twenty or thirty people on that would be great. This is Patricia. Hi, Patricia. Go ahead. How are you guys? Good. I think we could. I really think we could probably get him on Kate Daly's show here uh, in St. George. She's very conservative and very open to to helping us. I I believe. What's her name? Kate Daly. Okay. She's a radio talk show. Okay. Yeah, see, if we did all of those, and see, I'm I'm posting once a week his uh, articles from him, and I can see how many people have read them, and so we'll. That's the kind of data he wants: is what's the feedback, who's reading them, uh, uh-huh. how many people are reading, and if we could get him on these talk shows, St. George, Kate Daly, and these others, then that's doing something. That's more than just meeting every week and then going home for another week. We have to be involved like this. And I think right. it's important. I think this is one of the most important things we can do. This, two two things were on my mind last week, and that is Edwin Vieira and then getting our email system up and get going. And I still think that's another important one so that we can email streamlessly. I just tried to send out the bill committee sends this week, and there was just nothing but problems. And I just thought, ugh. We need a, a mainstream way of doing it. But let's let's finish the conversation about Vieira and then maybe go to that. Any other thoughts on Vieira? I'm writing it all down so that we can follow up on it. Maybe we can get a small committee of people to focus on this. Like maybe me, Andrew, Jared, you perhaps. And anyone else that wants to be involved. What are you going to have him talk about? What are the subjects? Well, he wanted to talk about the uh, avoiding the financial crisis and the need for a constitutional militia. The stuff he writes about, basically, he, those were his hot items, but also a third hot item that he mentioned at the end is how what would the reaction be if he were to run for president, and so that those are the three questions that I would like talk show hosts to talk to him about. Because, as you all just verified, he can go on for an hour. He was on for about fifty-five minutes, and and uh, he can just talk. It's his gift. And so I, I think that uh, those are the things that he can talk very intelligently about. And when he was on Sam Bushman, he just totally knocked it out of the park. He was so right on. I I wish Sam would let him talk longer. Um, what about uh, immigration? That's uh, another hot topic too. 
Yeah, we can talk about that. You know, you got the Federal Reserve, the finances, um, or debt that we have, immigration, militia. Uh huh. You could talk intelligently about all that. I've, I've never heard talk. Talk about immigration. Hmm. I'll have to look up News with Views and see if he's mentioned it. It seems like I've heard him talk before, and there's nothing that I've heard that he where he doesn't agree with us on. I I, I think what I recall is he just. He said immigration is fine as long as they do it legally. As long as people come in legally like they're supposed to. But that's a good point, Steve. Um, when, if would, we, he was our president, we would have issues. We would have his position on all these issues. I was rereading uh, some of his uh, book, uh, Constitutional Homeland Security. And uh, one of his footnotes said that he had read uh, Joseph D. Douglas Jr.'s book called Red Cocaine, The Drugging of America and the West. Uh, So Mm. uh, maybe the drug war would be another topic that he could speak on. Yeah, I think so. I think he could talk intelligently on all of these. It's just that his priority, like he would probably say, why are we addressing this when it's not the highest priority thing? Well, he's looking at solutions, isn't he? He says, how can we resolve this? Well, if you have every American armed, what's going to happen to crime? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm tr- so anything else? I I think it's important. I think whoever wants to be a part of the committee, it'd be a, basically a committee to to uh, test the water committee to. Uh, Get him on a bunch of things. Get him on Facebook. Get him on our website, and then and then have a feedback of what. Even if people called in, I, I mean that's feedback for him. And one person's views represent a lot of people's views. So. Yes, I think he's looking for uh, a larger number. You know that's why I suggested places that have. A uh, high degree of religious background. If you have people that have high morals, uh, they're going to be more conducive uh, or receptive to his message than if you were to go to L.A. or New York or San For Francisco. For sure, yeah. Well, all we are is a few people, and so let's. What if we focus on Utah, like you suggested, and get a hold of these people, Niels Crenshaw? and Kate Daly and Sam Bushman and just let him be on there to begin with and then maybe venture out into other geographical areas. Um, how about um, 
Rod Arquette. Uh, he's on uh, KNRS or KRNS. Can't remember the call sign. KNRS. It's 105.7 FM and uh, I forget what it is, AM. Yeah, 1470 AM, I think. I I would definitely have Rod Arquette talk with him. Okay. Um, Rod Arquette, I believe he's the one. I think that I have him. Is it Uh, Rod with a D or an N? R O D Rod Arquette A R Q U E T T E. Okay, I think he's the one that I have his email address, but I'm looking right now because I I called the number once and he was he was right there. Uh, oh. Mills and Rod are at the same time in the 4 to 6 p.m. time frame. Hmm. Okay, I wrote I wrote his name down and I, I'll follow up with him because he's he would be the biggest one, wouldn't he? Rod he, be, he has a national audience, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how big it is, but he's big around Utah. Is he? Okay. Well, he might feel guilty for not getting back with me on... He was supposed to get back with me on promoting the the summit. But he never did, so... Rod, one more time. A-R-Q-U-E-T-T-E. Yes. Isn't it Arquette like A R Q? Yep, A R Q U E T T E, I believe. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Um, yeah, Rod Arquette, uh, iHeartMedia.com. There he is. So, I'll send him an email. And uh, hopefully he'll come back to me. Hopefully he knows him. So, any other names to jot down before we go on to something else? All right. Jared, any luck with that solution, email solution? No, I haven't worked on it much. I started with the bang and fizzled out. (laughs) Oh, that's all right. You just keep... If you could just stay at it, I'd appreciate I it because I'm. I will stay at it. I, uh, uh, Kelly, this is Will. Yes, Will. I've got to. I've got to leave in a couple of minutes. Let's have your report. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Uh, the uh, Maine is, now has law in force restricting the government use of drones. That happened in July. Uh, the Texas Gold Depository shifts economic power to state and federal monopoly on money. That just happened uh, just a week or so ago. Uh, let's see. 
Institute on NSA Spying, uh, two California bills taking on spying by stingrays pass out of committee in the assembly. That happened uh, the 17th, which was, what, a week ago. Uh, so uh, California bill taking on the federal militarization of police clears the Senate committee six to zero. Uh, and that happened on the 20th, uh, two days ago, three days ago. So uh, those are uh, some good things that are happening around the states. Uh, I'm personally working on a program for nullifying federal intrusion in the states. Uh, this will be used for intrusions by the legislative, executive, and judicial branches. We're working on uh, nullification of judicial decisions. The 1954 prayer decision, the 2015 marriage decision, Roe versus Wade, and the Texas sodomy decision to begin with. Uh, the executive branch, uh, all executive orders not confined to the executive branch would be nullified. All PDDs uh, and signing statements also nullified. And all administrative law not approved by Congress would also be nullified. And for the legislative branch, the Patriot Act will nullify that. So that's what uh, that's what I'm working on. It uh, it should be, I hope, ready for uh, discussion next week. We'll see. All right. Oh, thank you. Let's hope that it happens. Well, <laughs> I'll work on it. Well, let, let's hope that all the nullification happens. I, I mean. <laughs> well, this is uh, uh, the groundwork has been laid by the Tenth Amendment Center, and uh, now I think it's time to expand this into uh, into other areas. Okay. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you. And and uh, thanks for your report. And if you have to leave, then we'll miss you and appreciate you being on. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks. Okay. Um, Jared, anything else that you want to talk about? Sorry, I was muted. Uh, no, I don't have anything else, but thanks. Okay, thanks. It's been a good meeting so far. Yes. Steve, anything from you? Um, I'm glad I did not contact Dr. Vieira. Um, <laughs> I know I have talked with him previously, and as he uh, mentioned, he didn't have any desires. They weren't strong. They weren't weak to join uh, in and become a candidate. Um, but it was good that you were able to talk to him and you came up with a idea to test the waters. Cool. I, I like... Um, I have not um, been able to do anything or I have not done anything. 
Well, thank you. I know. Uh, thank you, uh, Steve. We all have our lives going on as well, and I know people get sick and things like that. So I wish you and your family the very best. And and uh, you know, you. I know we got New Mexico to work on too to keep on the ballot. Yes. All right. Let's see, um, Idaho here. Is that you, Pro-Life? Or yeah, it's me. Pro-Life, how are you, sir? Good. I've got an idea for Steve. Yeah, go ahead. Um, if Steve goes down to the University of New Mexico Medical School, they perform late-term baby murder down there. Yeah. And there's always... Um, some activists down there, and they're some of the best people in New Mexico. I think uh, we can get those people interested in our party. That would help, and so that would be my question. And you know, I could just drop by there and talk to them as they hold their signs and uh, get their names and address and make some friends with them. So anyway, yeah. uh, okay. Yes, uh, University of New Mexico Hospital, UNMH. I know where it is. I've driven past it a couple of times. Yeah, there's always people out there protesting. They they murder quite a few babies there every, uh, I don't know if they do it daily or what, but it's now the late-term abortion facility for the United States where they kill babies that are uh, in the third trimester. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I've just been calling a radio station or two every day. Sometimes I get, maybe I got three in one day. I just do that every day, and that's about all I can do besides my farm. Awesome, Pro-Life. I know you're still out there with the strawberries, transporting them and all that. Yep, and uh, I get some pretty good conversations, you know, uh, Let's see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we uh Kevin Miller Kevin Miller show. Second largest station in Boise. It's the most popular morning show. I call in there maybe uh three times a week, something like that, and he'll give me a few minutes and uh he agrees with me. He's a survey pro life Catholic, but He's a Republican, you know, so the other day he had on a financial guy, and uh, he said to the financial guy, well, hey, here's pro-life on the radio, and the financial guy said we were in big trouble, you know. He's a uh, stock broker, you know, and he pays for time to advertise on the radio stations. So um, I said, now, uh, his name is Dave, I, Dave Petzl. I said, Dave Petzl, why would anybody want to be a Republican? And he said, well, it's because they're um, better, Amen. better than the other program. And I said, what you're proposing is that you vote for the lesser of evils. I said, I never do that. Republicans, uh, are pro- they are the big problem. They're allowing all of this stuff to happen, and they're just going along with it. So. They let me talk along like that for a while, and uh, the Republicans were totally evil, and uh, you should never have anything to do with them. 
So, you know, every day it's some kind of a different subject like that. So. Yeah, pro-life? Yeah. They had uh, Hatch and Lee were both on this morning news saying they're diabolically opposed to the abortion clinic shoes and parts of the kids for anything else or selling it. Boy, they're going to look into that, those phony bounders. Yeah. Anyway. No, I think <laughs> Kelly... It, it was today I sent Kelly a uh, an article on uh, Governor Walker, where Governor Walker reduced the uh, Planned Parenthood money from the state of Wisconsin. He signed the bill where it was a reduction, but I think that I only five or ten percent. And he did not just uh, say, "Listen, this is baby murder. I'll veto any money going to this." Planned Parenthood organization. He did not do that. And uh, every Republican is in that same position. Every exactly. last one. Including Rand Paul. And, uh, because they're not saying... Um, they asked Rand Paul, what do you think about uh, homosexuals in the military? Because that's now uh, legal, I guess, you know. And, and his dad voted. He was one of six Republicans to vote for allowing open homosexuality in the military. So Rand says, well, if I was the president, I'd let the general decide on that. Now, what kind of an answer is that? That's stupid. We need an independent American Party candidate that, you know, won't play politics like that. And, uh, you know, when a person takes God's position and just speaks it out and doesn't apologize, people like that. You know, it's like uh, Trump is, he tells people just uh, what's really on his mind, you know, and people like that. So that shows that people don't like the politicians that are caging and deceitful. So that's about all I got. Well, thanks for having me on and I like our party. I like you. <laughs> we love you on pro life, and you've been responding to all these emails I sent you, and I I really, really, really appreciate that. Oh, hey, you're welcome. Because that uh, takes the load off me, because all these emails come in to me, and I don't have time to respond to all of them and do my work and and all this stuff. So I, I just forwarded it to you, and you've responded to all of them. I appreciate that. Well, let's see. Somebody from the executive team responded to the woman from uh, University of Maryland. She was doing some kind of a study on third parties, and I don't know. Kelly, that was, that was nice. They did that. Yes, I thought it was probably you, but but yeah, was, uh, glad someone did. Yes, Wayne. Yeah, I watched all of uh, Friday's uh, presentations and speakers. And uh, that was G. Edward Griffin, of course, my favorite, but pro-life was excellent. He got up there and he showed these pictures, and I want to use him on uh, the fact of of pro-life. He has all these signs he holds up, and he goes through each one of them, and it was pretty phenomenal. And I'm going to use him on our – we're going to do a – hopefully within three weeks we'll be able to do a a motivation or a deal for – Receiving money and 
people signing up and using these videos and these presentations. But I want to put pro life on everyone because I think it's amazing with the way he his dedication to not only saving babies' lives but saving the Constitution. I think until we save the basic premise of uh, our society, then we're certainly not going to be able to save the Constitution. And, and anyhow, I'm going to, but I'm telling you, pro-life, I'm going to use you on our video to sign people up and to get money for the party. And, and a lot of these speeches were so excellent, and I just can't wait to see what happened on Thursday. I haven't seen any of those yet, but I've watched all of the ones on Friday, and they're just top-notch. And when he gets through editing them and everything, it's supposed to be even better and, and finalized just like opposed to it. So I, I'm very excited about that. But also I've come up with some ideas on promoting, and that, and then the big thing I want to do is the DVDs or uh, Skype sessions where we can actually promote the party worldwide like we did in the summit. And... I, I just think that I've come up with my, I know I said it to Jared and, and Will, and Will said he can't wrap his arms around what I said because I was talking about if we're ever going to, we have to act like we're the biggest party there. And, and until we start creating a need for people to join, even though we're a small P and we don't want to be a party, if we don't promote ourselves as being the answer then they're never going to care what the question is. So I said I came up with the idea that we need to become the crusader or the, the person, the party that has the answer. That I was misunderstood, I believe, but I got at 3 o'clock in the morning it came to me that we need to be there promoting the true, correct principles and then and we can come in like the Spider-Man. Yes, and that sounds kind of comical, but so does uh, anything else. But the reality is if we're the ones telling the truth and we come in and answer the questions properly, whether we call ourselves Goliath, the killers, or we call ourselves David, or we call ourselves uh, Kate Crusader, or whatever. I, this was just an idea, and I would hope that I wouldn't be shut off too quick on that as being a possibility because I think if we use that theme and we come around with the idea that we are there, who else is going to tell you the truth? A Republican, a Democrat, possibly constitution party guy, but which person or which group has correct principles? And so who do you want who are you gonna call? The non Ghostbusters? Is there never gonna <laughs> You're going to have to right. call the independent party. And, and I know, you know Will said he couldn't wrap his um, arms around that, but I think what he understands, and I'll hopefully get a chance to meet with him and explain that, how I see the whole vision of that coming together, that we have to be number one in our own minds. And just like the Arab, if we don't come up with a solution and show him and we don't start signing people up, and I think the summit has the best speakers ever assembled. And so if we can start signing people up, we'll show them that we don't mix words. We're not going to have a Republican stand up and say they're going to do this and that, and they never do. They've never done anything for the Constitution, period, 
absolutely nothing. And until we get that through their heads, that we are the only one that stands for correct principles and we are the only ones that are going to be there to expose the corruption. And like somebody told me the other day, well, you know, the Republicans, I think it was probably pro-life, said that we are telling people that the truth about the Republicans and Democrats, and so we're saying that they all should be impeached, every one of them. That's what pro-life said, and I agree 100%. If you have, if you're not the same party, then you should be offering some kind of a solution to the fact that you just gave away the responsibility of Congress and gave it to a guy who is totally a dictator now. And you said he can be. Every one of those people that are in Congress on either side of the aisle are treasonous. And until we get that through their heads, everybody's heads, it doesn't matter who comes in. If you call the Ghostbusters and expect the Republican Party to answer that call, you have just defeated the whole system because that's who's doing the, the terrible things. So anyway, that's what I came up with, and, and I hope that I, we can get these videos done real quick. I'm going to plan on taking off and going up there and working with that. So I hope everybody understands it's not just the Cape Crusader that comes to the rescue. It's the independent mm -hmm. American public who has purpose and who has these things like Pro-life said, we're not going to back down. We're going to try and save all these millions of babies' lives, but we need to do it soon because they just keep getting by with the lying and the murders that keep going on and the murder of our Constitution. So anyhow, that's what I came up with. And mm -hmm. I love it on inspiration. It may not be perspiration, but I wasn't sweating when I woke up, so it had to be inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like to know that when you get to watch pro life presentation, Ed Griffin's, and all the others, the family, uh, Bradley or um, Andrew's sister and brother-in-law did an excellent job on the family schooling, homeschooling. Oh, good. And all the speeches are just right on. And uh, so anyway, the only one that may have to be redone would be Skill uh, um, or... From Idaho, uh, what's his name? Maybe. Right, Will. William. Will, Will, yeah, William. And because our, our Skype got messed up, but I think we've taken care of all those things, so we can do this any place, any time now. I think and have all the capability of doing it right on. So that's awesome. about where I am. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, we're right, right with you, Wayne. Okay. <laughs> I hope you can wrap your arms around it. And I hope Will will that I'm not just a, uh, another pretty face. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. well, we we do have Roger Tucker on the computer with us, just to let everyone know. And then there's a couple more people, I think, that uh, haven't got a chance. Well, one, one other person. Is, is it this... Uh, Let's see, who hasn't got a chance to chime in here? There should only be one other person. Was that, it might It might have been Wayne, uh, Patricia? Are you still there, yes. Patricia? Oh, okay. I am. Any, uh, why don't you tell us what we're doing wrong and right, and maybe we can <laughs> figure all this, all this out, Patricia. Go ahead. Hey, I, I think we're doing what we need to be doing. I I do believe that um, 
recruitment has got to be a big thing. Yeah. There are, you know, I've run for political office here in St. George, and I knock on the doors and I start talking about independent party and the independent American party, and, and without fail, I have people say, I agree with everything you're saying, but if I if I vote, I'm throwing my vote away if I vote for you guys because, you know, and, and we hear that all the time. We've got to have something out there as, as was mentioned if by Wayne, you know, if we if we stand up and, and let them know that we are a you know, and it, it, we put down the party emphasis, but people are looking for a party. So I think we need to be careful on that. Um, right. Because of the fact that that if you if you discredit yourself as a party, people who you have to look at the mindset of voters. They they vote according to what they've done all their lives, and they vote for party, or and so what we need to do is promote the alternative from Democrat and Republican, and give them a viable choice out there, and that they can see we are powerful, we have influence that people are listening because. People want something different, and they're out there, but they're all afraid of, oh, I'll I'll waste my vote. I'll waste my vote. Well, they're wasting their vote if they vote for either of the other two parties because they are still voting for evil. And, you know, that that old adage, if if you do the same thing over and over and over that you've always done and you expect change, um, it's never going to happen. You know that's stupidity, yep. and um, and so we need to we need to get out on this recruitment and show them that there is some way to to change by joining. You know, and I love the I love the David and Goliath thing because you know David was just one little guy and he went against a whole you know, really, a whole army in one man, and he defeated. And and I looked to to George Washington. George Washington was one man, but God walked by his side every day of his life. He was protected from the time he was a small child. And when when God walks with you, you won't lose. And bullets can't harm you. And whatever is thrown at you, you can overcome because he will take care of you until you fulfilled your mission. That's what we need to promote is that, you know what, this is the Lord's party. And we want him to walk with us daily because of what we're doing is his cause. It's to bring about his righteousness and um, restore his law, which is the law of the Constitution. The Doctrine and Covenants tells us he's the, one that, he's the one that gave us that law. It wasn't those men. He, it, it came directly from the Lord. Yep. And so that's Amen. my two bits. Wow. Powerful and very true. And uh, that's 
wish there were more people out there like you, Patricia. Right on, Patricia. Excellent. That's why I want to use the first sign that Pro Life held up and says, Wake up, America. That's mm-hmm. his first I sign. I love it. <laughs> and that's what we're going to use on this video to recruit and to gain money for the party. Yeah. It's going to be. Another thing, yep. this is Jared. Yeah. Is we need to educate people that there's two ways to look at the vote. One is the number of votes to win the election, which is obviously what you want, why you're you're there. You want to win. But the other thing is to educate them that if they choose to vote correctly, their vote is never lost because they can stand before God and know that they voted their conscience and what they knew is right. And then you have to leave it in his hands. And it's like pro-life says, he runs for office. I know he really probably doesn't think he'll ever win, although it would be wonderful if he did, wonderful if he did. But he says it gives him a platform to teach the truth. And he says he's a a missionary in politicians' clothes. So, uh, you know, that's the kind of mentality we need to have. Our vote is never lost if we vote, even if we, I can't remember one of the founders said something about that, uh, the vote. Don Quincy Adams. Yeah, what was it that he said? Do you remember? John Quincy Adams, he said that you'll always have the sweet reflection of knowing that your vote is never lost. Mm-hmm. You can, right. It's on our website. If you type in John Quincy Adams in the search bar, you'll find that quote. Yeah. You need to vote for truth and righteousness. And whether we win the election or not, we've done our part. We've educated people. We've spent our time and our effort and our money and our sacrifices of whatever we have. And then it's in the, like they said, the act is is in the hand of God. Yep. All right. Well, it's been a good meeting. Everyone has had a chance to talk. Any final comments? Uh, Wayne, should we go to Ron Paul? You think he's even there? Yeah, he is there. He's fat. I don't know what happened to him, but they cut him off start for a couple, three weeks. But, yeah, he's back, and he hammers them still. So What's the phone number? It's uh, 322. No, is it 388? <laughs> of course. I haven't called it for a minute. Let me just look and see. Anyway, the first thing he says, though, is he agrees. He never thought he would, but he agrees with Obama about getting our troops back. But that's not what Obama means. So I don't know what right. he means. That. Right. But anyway, anyway it, it is good. So let's see. It's 322. Eight, eight, eight. Oh, okay. It is 888-322-1414. Yeah, I got it. Okay. I'll get him on. One second. Thank you. update of the 20th. Last week successfully concluded Iran agreement is one of the two most important achievements of an otherwise pretty dismal Obama presidency. Along with the ongoing process of normalizing relations with Cuba, this move shows that diplomacy can produce peaceful, positive changes. It also shows that sometimes taking a principal position means facing down overwhelming opposition from all sides and not backing down. 
The president should be commended for both of these achievements. The agreement has reduced the chance of a U.S. attack on Iran, which is a great development. But the interventionists will not give up so easily. Already, they are organizing media and lobbying efforts to defeat the agreement in Congress. Will they have enough votes to override a presidential veto of their rejection or the deal? It is unlikely, but at this point, if the neocons can force the U.S. out of the deal, it may not make much difference. Which of our allies who are now facing the prospect of mutually beneficial trade with Iran will be enthusiastic about going back to the days of a trade embargo? Which will support an attack on an Iran that has proven to be an important trading partner and has also proven reasonable in allowing intrusive inspections of its nuclear energy program? However, what is most important about this agreement is not that the U.S. government officials have conducted talks with the Iranian government officials. It is that the elimination of sanctions, which are an act of war, will open up opportunities for trade with Iran. Government-to-government relations are one thing, but real diplomacy is people-to-people, business ventures, tourism, and student exchanges. I was so impressed when travel personality Rick Steves traveled to Iran in 2009 to show that the U.S. media and government demonization of the Iranians was a lie and that travel and human contact can help defeat the warmongers because it humanizes those who are supposed to be dehumanized. As I write in my new book, Soars into Plowshare, our unwise policy with Iran is a perfect example of what the interventions have given us 60 years of needless conflict and fear for no justifiable reason. This obsession with Iran is bewildering. If the people knew the truth, they would strongly favor a different way to interact with Iran. Let's not forget that the Iran crisis started not 31 years ago when the Iran Sanctions Act was signed into law, not 35 years ago when the Iranians overthrew the U.S. installed Shah, but rather 52 years ago when our U.S. CIA overthrew the democratically elected Iranian leader Mossadegh and put a brutal dictator into power. Our relations with the Iranians are marked by nearly six decades of blowback. When the Cold War was winding down and the military-industrial complex needed a new enemy to justify enormous military spending, it was decided that Iran should be the latest threat to the United States. That's when sanctions really picked up steam. But as we know from our own CIA national intelligence estimate of 2007, the stories about Iran building a nuclear weapon were all lies. Those lies continue to be repeated to this day. It is unfortunate that Iran was forced to give up some of its sovereignty to allow restrictions on a nuclear energy program that was never found to be in violation of the Non-Proliferation Treaty. But if the net result is the end of sanctions and at least a temporary reprieve from the constant neocon demands for attack, there is much to cheer in the agreement. To repeat the announcement, press 1. Mm. To repeat the announcement, press 1. Well, I've never dealt with this before. To repeat the announcement, press 1. Yeah, you just go on or just hang it up or something. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know how to hang up when I'm on a conference call. I don't know how to hang up one party. I, I, but. I think it just quits.
unless you push it and then it does it again. Yeah, it seemed to work. Good deal. All right. Well, we have some marching orders. Let's uh, let's get an email platform where we can send out because this this is failing, and I think it's going to fail soon. It's it. I get bounce back emails. I've never had that before, and I don't know if. if Faxes are reaching there, or I don't know. I've sent a couple of them, so I don't know if they're getting two or three faxes. And uh, anyway, looking forward to that email solution. And then we got to call, we got to try to get Edwin Vieira on the radio. We all have our positions and our, our in the party, and we, we can move forward in, in those positions and do good this week. So. God bless you. We still have the 20th where we have the National Committee meeting. That's in about a month, a little less than a month, four weeks from today. And uh, is there anything else to talk about before we hang up tonight? Kelly, this is Jared. Jared. Uh, I don't mean to add this at the end of the meeting, but I just wanted you all to know that I did start working on the email server, and I commandeered the website independentamericanparty.net and I loaded uh, WordPress on it and I'm using an old system that I've been trying to do for 8 or 10 years now called Civi CRM. Yeah. And uh, they had a webinar that was uh, Tuesday morning. I signed up for it. It was supposed to be 10.30 a.m. And then at the end it said BST and I thought, what the heck is BST? And I looked at it, and it's British Standard Time, which meant it was 3.30 in the morning, our time. <clears throat> and I was going to wake up and watch this hour uh, free presentation on that program, and I blew it up. I forgot to set my alarm, and I didn't I'm get glad. up. So <laughs> you would have gotten I, a car accident. Yeah, I have been working on it. Uh, no achievement yet, but I'm I'm just trying one more stab at uh, this program and that by signing up to that class I was hoping to learn a couple of things that have been the obstacles that I've been fighting against for these years but if that doesn't work I don't know the it it's kind of like everything you do in the network that uh distribute the network it usually costs you money and I'm trying to do it without costing money yeah but we'll we'll see how it goes but anyway I just wanted to add that thanks for your patience well, thank you very much. You're welcome. And uh, all right, lots lots to do this week. Lots to uh, talk about next week, and, and look forward to uh, your accomplishments this week. And be sure to pray for our country and for the solutions that we're working towards. And recruiting again. Uh, she brought that up, and I was glad because we do need to recruit. We bring in one person like that one person, uh, Corey Riley. I mean, wow, what talent that he brought and that he can still bring to the party. And he's he's got the right attitude. He doesn't want any money. He's just He just wants to help out and save our country, and that's, that's the right motive. So anything else? before we close tonight. Okay. Can we have a... Jared, could you give us a closing prayer? Sure, I'd be happy to. Thank you. You're welcome. Our Father in Heaven, as we 
come to the end of this Independent American Party Executive Committee meeting. We're grateful for those who have been able to spend their time tonight and to give their thoughts and discussions and ideas and suggestions and commitments. And we know that we are a few. Father in heaven, we pray that thou would bless us in our efforts, that they may be magnified and multiplied uh, in order to achieve the end goal of preserving this nation and this constitution, the constitutional republic. We pray that thou would inspire others to join with us and give of their talents and abilities and their money or whatever they have to offer to help us. We give thanks for the founders who sacrificed all in behalf of their fellow men and uh, what, what less can we give or what more can we give than what they gave. We are grateful for all of the opportunities we have and pray that those that are with us that have been with us will have a renewal of interest to come back and give their support. We've had many waves of good patriotic people who've come into the our our realm and the leadership and executive committee and other areas that for some reason lose interest and we pray that if the it would be helpful to our efforts that they may be re-inspired to come back and that we can find new people as well. We pray for each one of us individually and for our families and our jobs and other uh, commitments to be able to have time to share in this effort that we have. <clears throat> and we pray for those who are uh, challenged in any way that they can be freed up from their challenges, whether it be health or other issues. And we say this in the name of thy son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jared. You're welcome. Lord bless all of you. Good luck this week and your endeavors. We'll talk again real soon. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Have a good night. Good night. Thanks.